Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving week. I am delighted to be here with you. And first and foremost, I want to say thank you. Thank you for always listening, supporting, for being here each week with me or listening to the archives. It is a joy and a pleasure not only to celebrate individuals that are shining their light and spreading their voices in powerful ways to be examples to others, but also to be in community in this way where we each and every week lift the vibration and the frequency of the planet purely by our witnessing and our presence. So I know today's show is going to be a powerful one because it is something that will impact all of us. Over the past couple of years, we have seen the workplace environment change drastically. Many individuals have moved from being in a workplace to uh, being in their homes and working. And now as things are starting to shift and as we move into 2022, where they will shift uh, back to a new normal, let's say, there will be an opportunity for individuals to go back into workplaces or for individuals to have a choice as to whether they want to or not. Oftentimes, work can become this place that we project so much onto It can become a place that's heavy or that we find negativity or things that we don't like or we disagree with people that are in our environments. It can become a place that we keep wanting to run from or look forward to the weekend to get to. But what if work is something different? What if it is something that is far more powerful in terms of your spiritual growth and your purpose on the planet, the way that you can spread light? My guest today is Reverend Kelly Giroux, and she has written a beautiful and powerful book called I Am at Work, Unleashing the Power of Divine Self on the Job. And like so many other Americans, she had misinterpreted the American dream. She had allowed her job to shape the direction of her growth, and instead of falling in love with her divine self, she became a creation of her employer. She resented her authentic corporate self. And this was offset by the stature, the external affirmations, admiration that she received from others, and especially when she sported the latest gear and the greatest exterior symbols of success. But she began to see work in a different place, and her insights and her unfolding and the way that she shares it in this book is quite powerful. You will experience divinity at work when you truly learn to sizzle with your unique purpose You can flourish in any workplace, navigate difficult office dynamics, and for those looking to succeed in the practice of spirituality at work, her new book, I Am at Work, reveals how. With this book, you'll discover your true work and advance it on any job, in any position. And there are multiple topics that we're going to cover throughout this uh, episode. Reverend Kelly Giroux is a mystical activist committed to evolution and transformation in the workplace and the world. She is a Georgetown Law graduate and has examined the inner workings of countless corporations, organizations, and governmental entities while serving as an attorney, executive life coach, international facilitator, and trainer. She is the founder of the Grow Continuum, 
a non-denominational church with the simple motto, Live Life and Grow. And you'll find out more about her when you go to IamAtWork.info. But without further ado, I'd like to welcome Reverend Kelly Giroux to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Reverend Kelly. It's so nice and such an honor to have you here. Thank you, Simran. I am so excited to be here and to share about the book with you, and I really appreciate you having me on, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. Well, it's it's an important topic, especially now, and I want to start with something that I mentioned in the intro. There are many people that have begun working from home, and when things do return to a place where individuals have to go back, there will be that question about whether to go back or not. Um, we are also seeing an all-time high of, uh, of places looking for people to work and not being able to fill the positions right now. So there is this attitude to work or to jobs that kind of exists as an undercurrent in our society that probably, not probably, that does need to shift. And I'd like to begin right there with you sharing what you feel like that undercurrent might be, and what the first step of awareness towards that shift might have to be for all of us. Well, that is a wonderful place to start. Uh, There has been a lot of talk about the great resignation. Uh, Some people are calling it the big quit. And it is individuals realizing now that they are away from the pull of their job, which I would call almost a magnetic and compelling pull, that maybe they really don't want to be there at all. And so a lot of workplaces, in fact, a a local restaurant in my hometown, the restaurant had to close down because they couldn't get any workers to come and work. So there is a question now, and I'm going to answer your question in two ways. One question is for employers, what can they do to make the workplace a a more inviting environment for workers? And the second question is, what can an individual worker do to support themselves in the workplace and support the workplace? And and I'm going to start with us because everything... As an individual, I believe that we are accountable and we are responsible. We have the ability to respond to situations. And so I would say as an individual looking at the need to return to the workplace, whether it's the workplace you came from or a new workplace, you want to establish a sense of home in that workplace. And I don't mean home like the house that you've been working in, I mean a spiritual foundation, a spiritual home. And that spiritual home is something that we want to have with us and take with us wherever we are. Um, That was one of the keys that I discovered, that if I can bring my spiritual home with me, then I will always be connected to the support of the divine, that I will always be able to accomplish divine alignment. And with divine alignment, things that once seemed difficult become easier. And things that once seemed boring become exciting because we are connecting with our own creativity and the sacredness of work. 
And so as an employer, answering the other half of that question, the key is to allow space for that. Uh, Workplaces have become so interested in accomplishing their goals that, in my opinion, they haven't created enough room for employees to have a vision within the greater vision. Many of them have written these beautiful mission statements, but they're not giving giving employees an opportunity to have their own mission within the mission of their job. Does that make sense, Simone? It makes a lot of sense, and uh, I, I love how you speak to bringing that spiritual home inside the workplace. As I was reading your book, uh, what what came to me was the number of books that I've received over the past couple of years that have had to do with love or intention or uh, more care for the the workforce that's within a space. So they've always been directed more towards the uh, the top of a company uh, as opposed to the environment and the, the, the body of the company, which would be the employees or the people that are the associates. And so that's part of the reason why I find your book so powerful because the other uh, is a beautiful way to approach work, but it still is that hierarchical place as if that is coming from the top down, whereas your book is allowing individuals to understand that they can be the change within that place from right where they are. And that's a much more empowering place rather than a victimized place or mindset that so often we don't realize that we carry into workplaces when we are in that condemnation, criticism, judgment space of the people or the place that we are inhabiting for work. Can you say anything uh, around, um, and I think you spoke to, you know, the employer's and the employees, but can you say anything around what we've missed in terms of that misinterpreted dream that you write about in your introduction? Where does that fall into place with those two lenses? What I believe is that work is a sacred place and it is a sacred field for us to develop as beings on the planet. And and when we fail to seize the opportunity to do that there, we're missing one half of the experiences that could draw us nearer into God. And so for me, this is about not only making ourselves what I call portals for the divine on the job for our own benefit, but also to bring light into the workplace. Uh, One chapter of my book talks about us not becoming just conformists and not just complying with what the job is doing, but really bringing the freshness of our unique authenticity to the job. And that can be very challenging. I've sat in rooms and it's very uncomfortable to be that voice that cries out. But because we don't have voices in those rooms, we get companies going astray. And then we wag our fingers at the corporations instead of looking at the fact that each corporation is made up of a family of individuals. 
And it is really the responsibility of those individuals to ensure that that corporation moves in the right direction. Now, you, you're talking about bringing God into the workplace. That's, that's a foreign concept for a lot of people. And somehow we do separate uh, spirituality slash religion from government because that's what we've been taught to do from schools. So that probably correlates into our uh, conformity of, of not bringing spirituality into our workplaces as well. So that's going to seem like a little bit of a different concept for a lot of individuals. Is there a way you can help the audience kind of wrap their head around uh, how that is actually to be something that is a, a foundational piece to not only work with every aspect of our lives, but especially the workplace? Well, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought that up because... We have been taught that. I mean, the separation of church and state is a big concept, at least here in America. It's very important to us that we have that independence. And and I'm not talking about people necessarily making decisions from a doctrinal place in terms of their religion. I'm talking about what I what I call connection, saturation and refinement. So we want to connect to that spirit. Um, And that connection brings us into our own power, makes us a greater version of ourselves, brings us into a state of higher morality when we're answering the questions of the job. So this is not about proselytizing at work, which I, I don't advocate for. I do advocate for us being a demonstration of the light of God at work. And that has to do more with us connecting ourselves to that light as we perform our duties. And in my experience, that makes us happier at work. It makes us greater change agents at work. It makes people who work with us more happy to be around us. It supports people in listening to us in ways that we haven't been listening to before, and it helps us to affect change. I like the distinction there that you, that you offered, and I'd love for you to provide one more distinction, and, and that's around identity. Uh, in the book, you talk about our divine identity versus the other identities, and I think that so often we we make work our identity. We make the status or the success or what we're trying to attain the identity. Can you speak to the distinction between those two and how they show up differently? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and this was a big one for me, honestly. I was the first person in my immediate family to graduate from college and especially to go on to law school. And so for me, Making a lot of money and, you know, having an office with my name on the door, both my parents were blue-collar workers, it was a huge deal. And, and for that reason, I wanted to be what the job wanted me to be. And I wanted everyone else to know that, you know, I had the trappings that came along with this job. And for that, 
there are tiny little sacrifices that we make in terms of our own identity, and especially as a black woman, uh, later as a queer woman, there were things about myself that I did not show and that I did not live. And so if you think about it, that is a way of minimizing who you are and becoming someone different uh, that you believe, and you may be wrong, because let's think about it. If, if God put you in that job, it was so that you could express the fullness of who you are, not some segment of who you are. And so I noticed that a lot, I would see people so sad at work and unhappy. And at a couple of jobs that I was in in downtown Washington, D.C., two people jumped off high buildings and committed, well, ended their lives, let's put it that way. That was very disturbing to me. What is it that could be going wrong? And I'm not saying it was all about the job. I'm sure that there were personal reasons. But when we lose ourselves in an identity that is not our own, we not only make decisions from that other identity, but we also hold on to that identity in a way that is unhealthy for us. When we are standing firmly in our divine identity, we are able to make decisions from our moral compass, and we are able to be a living example of what we were placed on the job by the person I call our undercover boss, God. Your presence here on earth is intentional. When God elected to manifest itself in a form named you, God had a plan, an intention to be a certain way and to do certain things. Little space exists between being and doing. It is like the space between water and ice, two expressions of the same energy. Reverend Kelly believes our mission is to purify and cleanse ourselves gradually and sometimes abruptly, shedding our allegiance to the external and delivering this true version of ourselves into the world through our lives and our work. Her new book, I Am at Work, is intended to show you how and to encourage you to commit to bringing that self forward in your work, at your job, in all that you do. Within this book, you will learn to transform the workplace, making the best, most aligned you, seizing your God-given authority through energetic programming, decoding your true work DNA. You'll identify your tools, construct your portable spiritual toolkit. There's also 101 tips for ascending beyond challenges in the workplace. It's time to ignite your quit power and practice your purpose over performance. Decipher and embrace God's need for you on the job and so much more. I invite you to learn more about Reverend Kelly Giroux by going to IamAtWork.info. You can also find that web link in the bio description. That's IamAtWork.info. And the title of the book is I Am At Work, Unleashing the Power of Divine Self on the Job. We'll be right back after these messages with more of Reverend Kelly Giroux and this powerful information. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. 
people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to Reverend Kelly and I Am at Work, I want to mention uh, one of the things that I've been using lately, and it's one of 1111 Talk Radio's new sponsors, and very appropriately aligned with the show conversation today. Think about how many hours you spend sitting at your desk, or even if you're on the couch watching TV. What if you could turn those otherwise inactive times into opportunities to get fit, to burn calories, to support your self-care and your well-being? That's exactly what I'm doing, thanks to my new QB. That's C-U-B-I-I. And it's a compact elliptical unit that fits easily under my desk. And I spend a lot of time at my desk on the computer creating 1111 magazine or preparing for my 1111 radio shows. But I get to do so now by pedaling my feet and getting a workout while I'm sitting there. I would love for you to explore this amazing little gadget and take advantage of QB's 30-day risk-free in-home trial. You can turn your least active times into your most productive opportunities to stay healthy with QB. Visit QB.com slash 11, spell out the word 11, to find the QB elliptical model that is right for you. That's QB.com slash the word 11. QB is whisper quiet, it's super easy on the joints, and a recent clinical study confirms it helps burn 84% more energy than sitting alone. We all say I'd like to work out more if I only had time, right? Well, QB makes it easy to burn those calories and to stay active. It's a great 
accessory for your health and well-being practice, and you can do it virtually anywhere. Uh, I actually purchased one for my parents, and it has been completely supportive to them. So if you have someone who's housebound or otherwise needs something to improve their circulation and keep active, it's a must-have. So if your parent or loved one has limited mobility and needs a way to stay healthy, QB would be a perfect gift this holiday season. I love my QB, and I know you will too. So again, take advantage of that 30-day risk-free in-home trial. Go to QB.com slash 11. Try it out and send me an email and let me know what you think. Your job is a sacred place. It is a field for growing toward your divine self. It is a place where priorities are revealed and choices are made. Your job will rub against you like a shoe that is too tight. The friction it causes reflects the places where you are misaligned. The job rubs, it whispers, it nudges, then pushes and pulls and screams. It whittles away at the faults to reveal the exact need of your soul. Only your true work will fulfill that need. The discomfort you feel at your job is the universe calling upon you to release the faults and to embrace the true. This is the calling. The more you surrender to your calling, the more of your divine self you will become, and the more of your true work you will attract. This is from Reverend Kelly Giroux's book, I Am at Work, Unleashing the Power of Your Divine Self on the Job. You can find out more about her at IamAtWork.info. That's IamAtWork.info. Reverend Kelly, that paragraph really speaks to what many individuals experience at their jobs. There will be a rub at times. It will nudge. It will push and pull. There will be times that an individual is provoked or where they feel like it's not the right place and they need to go find something different um, because of a certain person there or a certain projection or a certain situation that has taken place. But you say it is those very moments that are actually what is cultivating us to be something higher. Talk a little bit more about that. I feel like... So many of us, when we are faced with one of these uncomfortable situations at work, feel like that means we should leave the job or that the job is misaligned with us. And yet I see that as an opportunity for us to grow and bring our full spiritual selves to bear on the situation, whether that means that you are actually uh, praying for your boss, supporting and praying for a situation that is occurring, aligning yourself and pulling forth your own creativity in a way that you haven't before in order to answer a call at work, or doing something uncharacteristic of your job and uncharacteristic of what is expected of you at work. And, and that is an important one. And I'll just talk for a minute and and share a story, if I may, very quickly. Absolutely. Uh, I have, I am a a mediator, among other things. And in one of my mediations, uh, a man had actually tried to hire me to be his divorce or his custody lawyer. And I encouraged him to do mediation instead. And before we had an opportunity to do the mediation, because I had reached out to his, his child's mother. 
I had an opportunity to talk to her, and I coached her and encouraged her to allow him to see the child because he, she had totally prevented any visits or anything of that nature. Now, that is outside of what I am to do as a mediator. First of all, I'm to be neutral, and second, I hadn't even met with these people yet, so I didn't really know what would happen if they had to come together again, given the the level of upset between them for such a visit. But my spirit told me to do it, and I surrendered to that and did it. And they had a visit. The visit was successful. I never heard back about the mediation, so I contacted them a couple of days after the the visit was supposed to have occurred, only to find out that even though the visit had gone well, this man, two days later, had died. Mm. And what that says to me is... When we get that, that still, small voice telling us what we need to do, and the conflict often is we know that doing that thing could threaten our permanence on the job. It could get us fired. Let's just call a thing a thing. We have to be willing to make that stand. We need to value our purpose at the job over our permanence. And as long as we are doing our purpose, which I call your true work, it is the work that you were called onto the planet to do, as long as we are aligned with that, then the same spirit that placed us in that job for that moment, we're there for that moment. I was there because I was a person who would go outside of the rules and do that thing. That's what had him call me. He didn't even know why he called me. I didn't know why he called me. But he called me to facilitate that last visit with his daughter so that the mother didn't have to feel crushed because he died and didn't get a chance to see his daughter so that the mother and daughter's relationship wasn't fractured because she didn't get to see her father and he died. So we're all being called to do very unique and wonderful, spiritually directed actions on our job if we'll just surrender our resistance to being who we think we're supposed to be and instead allow ourselves to be who God placed us there to be. I love that quote of yours in the book. So many people are focused on permanence, not purpose. Uh, it was, it was something I was planning on bringing up as you spoke, and you brought it up. So that shows how the divine is always in action and in sync with where we are. But to respond to what you've shared, I would imagine that there are some people sitting there that are saying, "But I don't have any power at my job. I can't go against the rules." or People here don't listen. They won't accept that kind of thing. That, that deceptive intelligence and that negative voice inside will always have us pro- approach our grievances. So how do we ever even connect to the type of voice you're speaking to if we are so focused on those kinds of things? And how do we get the mind to not see these grievances so that we can connect to that spirit voice within 
that is exactly true. If you speak to the job from your little voice that is filled with the energies of your own grievance, your own negativity, your own fear of being fired, you are not going to be well-received. So that is where we get to connection and saturation. When you know you are in one of those situations, you immediately connect with the God of your understanding. And I say that because I have written this book for people regardless of the religion that they practice and what their beliefs are. Whatever path you use to get to your connection with spirit, that is the path that you can take. And the important piece is to connect and then saturate. So for me, for example, when I knew that we were going to have this interview, I played the music that charges my energy. I am wearing different things that remind me of my connection to spirit. I lifted myself. I didn't just show up and expect things to go well. I aligned before I came here. And so when we have to face one of these situations, we want to connect with spirit. We want to saturate ourselves in the things that make us know our connection. When we do that, we take on ourselves an empowered energy, and that energy creates the change that we want to see. So when we're in a situation at work, and, and I love another quote that you have in here where you say that the authority comes from God, because we do have this kind of hierarchical structure at work, and it's very easy to go unconscious and go into that robotic kind of state of doing a task and, and being there. What, what tools do you use to really help you go into that place, aside from getting a line up front, what do you use inside the space that helps you really stay present, aware, and cognizant of the energy and the people around you to know when to act in a way that is uh, not just the work of the place, but the true work of the self being there? The most important thing is to listen within yourself as much as you are listening outside of yourself. So you need to hear what spirit has for you to do. So first is that listening. And, in order, and, and these are trained skills. One of the reasons that I advocate for people taking on a spiritual practice at work is because we, don't, we want to build our spiritual practice. So you don't want to have a spiritual practice at home, go 8 to 10 to 12 to 14 hours at work, being completely unaware of your connection because the connection is always there. It's whether we're aware of it or not. And then come home to our family and bring all of the baggage of the job with us. So when we have ourselves in this practice where we're practicing at home, we're practicing at our desk, we're practicing in the shower before we go to work, we're preparing ourselves for what might be asked of us then there's what I would, would call a combustion. There is a buildup. And when we need that connection, it is there for us. Uh, so the important piece is to practice, and, and it almost becomes automatic as we build our practice over time. Now, you have people 
you encourage people to think of their job as a church, um, not not to proselytize, not to be the minister in that sense, but to to understand their own authority and that, that their authority is God or that the real boss would be, be God in that environment and that their energy can be transmitted in a lot of different ways. You refer to one approach as EDI. Can you talk a little bit about what that is or, or what that practice is and, and how we utilize that as one of the tools in our toolkit? Absolutely. EDI uh, the, the first three letters of the word edification. And it's a very long process that's laid out in the book. But in short, it is about us exuding who we are, denying the things that create resistance, as you just talked about, the negative thoughts, the fear that this isn't going to work out, the fear that I might be fired the fear that I then won't be able to uh, finance my family. No, we, we want to exude spirit. So basically, we're coming into the workplace as a light to change the energetic environment of the workplace. That is us exuding. That's one of the E's. We're denying all that is unlike who we are in spirit, whose spirit is. So when we see these things, instead of uh, complaining about them, we're realizing that, that there is a perfection in them and we're finding our place. And the last one, the I, is about igniting. In other words, we're setting fire. We're being energetically contagious. So we're not leaving that job the way that we fi- found it. I had a, a recent experience where I was managing people on a project, probably 79 people. And as the project was going on and as it ended, I was just receiving these messages telling them how, telling me how happy they were with the management. When the project was over and the people are on other projects, they're writing to me telling me they missed me. <laughs> and, and that's not because I'm some great person. It is because I am bringing a light into that space. So I I am seeing them. I am giving them grace. I am encouraging them. Um, That kind of energy is an energy that will get you promoted. It It will raise you automatically. And you don't have to be in that rat race of competition and putting down the other to raise yourself up. And all of the things, uh, the, the work politics and pettiness that can exist and, and can be tempting. It can tempt you when you see people doing that around you and sometimes doing it to you. But by you operating on a higher plane, it's, it's the, you know, when you're seeing a microaggression, how are you responding? When you're seeing people laughing at, at jokes that they ought not be, how are you responding? And so it's, it's modeling and a it job is that, al- alchemizing. A job that feels like a curse because of its mindlessness is a blessing in that it offers a bountiful opportunity for divine communion. This is the words from Reverend Kelly Giroux in her book, I Am at Work. She'll tell you... 
to begin using your time on the job to build yourself up mentally and spiritually. And while doing your job, you can build yourself up by saying affirmations. I am a dynamic center of productivity. I am excellent at all that I do. I am an instrument through which God delivers the highest good in all situations. And prayers. Mother, Father, God, instill me in discernment, wisdom, and stamina to align with your will and to be a force for good in my life and the world. You can do these things while you're going throughout your day and while you're at work. Pick up Kelly DeRose's book at IamAtWork.info and you can um, find out more about her speaking engagements and other things that she is doing. Go to that website, IamAtWork.info. Again, the name of the book is I Am At Work, Unleashing the Power of the Divine Self on the Job. We'll be right back with more of Reverend Kelly DeRose. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Spiritual connection reveals with stunning clarity the places in our lives where we are living in a way that is misaligned. So, if you connect, you will see, then you will choose what is in your destiny to create. This is how spirit frees you to become your destiny. Essentially, spirit is the butterfly inside you. 
always quietly prodding and positioning you to release your caterpillar ways. In this respect, you can think of the job as a cocoon. It can be a place where the caterpillar dissolves and the magic and mysticism of spirit makes you the butterfly you are meant to become. This is from Reverend Kelly Giroux's book, I Am at Work, Unleashing the Power of the Divine Self on the Job. She is the founder of Grow Continuum, a non-denominational church with the simple motto, Live, Life, and Grow. She is a mystical activist committed to the evolution and transformation in the workplace and the world. And described by New York Times bestselling author and Emmy Award winning Reverend Dr. Yanla Van Zant as a blessing to God's kingdom and simply magnificent, Reverend Kelly is a visionary voice for our time. And she brings so much rich wisdom to how we can be the light in the world through our workplaces that also transforms into our family lives and our social activities activity as well. Welcome back, Reverend Kelly. I want to talk a little bit about uh, office politics. Uh, That can be a hindrance sometimes. That can be a distraction. It can uh, get the ego involved in things so that we lose sight of the divine identity because we become embroiled in the, the conflict and the chaos that exists within office politics. How do you suggest approaching that when when you find yourself in the midst of that type of environment? Well, it's interesting. A lot of people would say, uh, you know, we get in these spiritual sets of mind and we say, oh, we shouldn't even involve ourselves in these things. But I think that we should dive right in. Um, and not in a negative way, but again, bringing to those politics the best of who we are, so that we're raising the level of the conversation um, and, again, shifting the workplace. One of the reasons that I wrote this book, Cimarron, is because I saw so many spiritual people leaving the workplace to create their own Yes, yes. And and I'm not against that. I love it, you know, uh, and I admire those who do that. And yet I feel like we don't want to leave corporations and jobs bereft of light. (laughs) So it's important that some of the people stay there because imagine if all of the spiritual people simply vacated the workplace. I love that. I've often thought that myself um, when, when individuals have said things about not wanting to be there or entering the spiritual fields. And I've learned in my own life that, when we've engaged in any types of healing practices or spiritual growth, uh, that that it really was for us to grow. But so often we turn that into our profession, whereas we were to take those very uh, beautiful tools and, and ways of being back to the places that, of course, required our light. And so that brings us to this place where we are, where, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. There's so many buildings that or huge buildings that were once occupied where people are now working from home um, and whether or not those people will end up going back will, will be the question. But in this transitory time of, of life and work looking a lot of different ways, how do we keep the ego in check so that we don't bamboozle ourselves into thinking that we're being the light that we want to be in the way that we want to be, but distancing ourselves from 
the places that really require us. And you have a quote in your book where you say, evil is easy to swallow in small bites. When evil happens incrementally, it is almost invisible, particularly to those who have no interest in seeing it. And I do think that that oftentimes, particularly in the spiritual realm, or even in a world where people are tired, we push away from seeing the things we don't want to see rather than facing them. So any further advice on that? Well, I think that you're right. It's You know, we have something that we call a spiritual bypass, where we say to ourselves, for example, um, I don't need to speak on this. What will, what will be, will be. You know, God will handle this if it's supposed to be handled. That kind of thing. And what I want, or what I am advocating, is that we take on the role of activists that we bring our spirituality to bear on the workplace, um, not from a place of ego. I, you know, am such an important piece of this. But no, God has a seat at the table because I am there and I am open to being a portal and to allowing myself to be used. You have quite a few tools within the book, along with 101 simple coaching tips that help individuals ascend beyond the challenges in your workplace. Valuable information for anyone that truly wants to not only be the change in the spaces that they live, work, and play, but truly allow their own spiritual growth to expand. One of the the tools that you place that you talk about adding to your toolkit is a master tool called the connection portal. Um, Can you go a little more into what that connection portal is and how that is a great foundational piece for our toolkit? Absolutely. Again, it is designed to create a, what I call the automatic flow. And so there are several pieces to the connection portal, but the most important aspect of it is that it can take us from being disconnected to the magic of the connection that I mentioned. When I talked about connection and saturation, it is about being able to go from a disconnected state to a connected state in what I call 22 seconds. And so it is a way of engaging the senses, and a way of disrupting what what I call it is shifting from the reality in front of your eyes to the reality behind your eyes. That mm. part of you that knows what the truth is. Because sometimes we're looking at scary things outside of ourselves. And if we don't know our own power because we're not we're we're feeling disconnected from that power. God sees us, but we don't see God seeing us. Does that make sense? We want to go back to the place where we have an awareness that we're not standing alone. We're standing in the power of a divinity that indwells us. And so the connection portal is about doing, creating a physical action that is that reminder And it it may be something that you say. It is about triggering yourself to instantly connect. And there are a a number of steps. It's slow to create. In other words, when you create it, it might be a slow process. But once you have it in place, it is a fast way to get you from disconnected to connected. 
There are a couple of obstacles for individuals when it comes to uh, work and whether to stay, whether to go, whether to behave in a way that's more of an activist or whether to conform. And that has to do, number one, with money and our beliefs around money. And number two, our challenges with time. Uh, We're nearing the end of the show. So if you can share a little bit about both of those, I would love to get some of that wisdom in. Absolutely. And and one thing that I say about money is money will always be there or something like it will be there. So we don't have, you know, there's a, a biblical scripture that says that the worker is worth his wages. And that means that that same divinity that puts you in that job will make sure that you and your life and your needs are financed. I have more now from an abundance perspective than I did when I was in the job where I was making more money than I had ever made before. My money goes farther. You know, God is looking out for me, and I I promise your listeners that God will look out for them. If they are there doing God's work, they will never go hungry and they will never go without. That is the, the money piece. And what was the... The time. People are challenged with time. Oh, absolutely. And time is often, we we often are delayed in our job by our own resistance. And so when, when we learn tools to overcome our resistance and dive in, that is a time saver. The other two things that save time is being where we are. In other words, if you're at work, don't be at home in the last conversation you had with your partner or the bills that you think you need to pay. Be here and now in the space where you are doing the thing that is yours to do. And finally, there are techniques in the book that support us in developing divine creativity And creativity allows us to do in two steps what would have taken 10. A lot of people have had their creativity squelched because they have fallen into sort of robotic performance of a task in the way that they were taught at the job or the way that they've always done it. And they're just not present. And as much as that feels like it is a time saver, it can cost us time. Well, I can certainly echo those sentiments around abundance and the flow when you are doing your true work, in addition to uh, how so many more things can be accomplished in less time when you are really aligned and present to where you are. Uh, One last point that I'd love to get into has to do with quit power and has to do with approaching work from a volunteer perspective as opposed to one where uh, there was fears about um, needing to be there. Can you, in, in, in the next 30 seconds or a minute, share anything around approaching work as a volunteer? Well, I inadvertently learned how to do this by attempting to quit my job and discovering that they didn't want me to quit. And then once I got myself in gear and the courage to actually quit, I was there working as if this is up to me. I'm here because I want to be here. And at any point, I can leave. And then I understood that I was of more value to the job than the job was to me. And that is a very empowering place to do your job from. It's a very freeing place and allows you to do 
what you came to do from a spiritual perspective. We fulfill our calling by standing in divine identity. It is how we are to participate in God's divine experiment. And as the conformity experiments that are shown throughout this book illustrate, when we stand in divine identity and express our authentic voice, our voice empowers everyone in the room to break free. It shatters illusions and breaks entrainment. It overrides the programming and reminds others that they too have divine faculties. They too have a divine identity, and they too have the power to choose authentically. This is from Reverend Kelly Giroux's book, I Am at Work, Unleashing the Power of Divine Self on the Job. Definitely visit her website, IamAtWork.info. Thank you for Reverend Kelly. Thank you to Reverend Kelly for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well and have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Zimron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.